in a world where everyone and their brother has a podcast. One stands alone. It's been called one of the podcasts of all time. Welcome to Internet Killed the Video Store. Where do we want to start? This whole summer box office. We need a better snappier name. The Sumbo 23 draft. Yeah. That's good. Sumbo. That's good. Uh, Sumbo. <laughs> so, if you're just now joining us, we decided to draft basically the entire crop of summer 2023 movies, depending on how much money we thought they were going to make at the domestic box office. I had the first overall pick, which I took the flash with, obviously. Uh, <laughs> my whole team is really rugged. Like, I think of the bottom five drafted, I have four, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was pretty rough. We got the Flash made 108 million. Elemental made 151. Uh, Mission Impossible only made 168. Haunted Mansion only made 62. That was the lowest movie drafted. I knew and it. Then, uh, I knew Ninja it. Turtles, did call that. Yeah. Ben did call that. Haunted Some, Mansion would be the lowest. I don't know who thought it was going to do well. I just, I personally would never go see that shit. Do you think they're going to try again, though? <laughs> Fuck yeah, they will, dude. <laughs> they're going to reboot it a they third will. time, right? They will, for sure. <laughs> There's no way they don't. No, they will, but, yeah. because they're just looking for easy money, and that's easy the way IP. to do it. Yeah. Yep. It's always going to sit there at Disney World. So yeah. Oh, yeah, so that that was your team, right? That was my whole team. So the total of that squad of five movies was five hundred and eighty-eight million dollars. Uh, the number one movie okay. of the summer, Barbie, made five hundred and ninety-four just on its own. So mm. is that pretty? Is that pretty good? Like uh, historically, if we like look back. Oh yeah, it's really good. Uh, I know we didn't do it globally. We did it only on U.S. earnings, but. Globally, Barbie is the biggest movie Warner Brothers has ever released. It just passed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. No way. Wow. So is that by good. is that by dollar amount though? What do you mean? Or tickets as sold? As opposed to popcorn? Yeah, right. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to tickets sold, yeah. I, I believe it's just based on dollar amount, yeah. So okay. maybe there's some inflation going on there, but um yeah. Regardless, very good. <laughs> um yeah. so yeah. Well done, I, Ben. <laughs> Barbie was taken tenth overall in the draft, which is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> On a fluke. Yeah, yeah. Who 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 picked it? You did. You did. <laughs> I probably so, didn't even want to. I was like, it has good a name, so we should probably go through Ben's team then, since we already talked about that. Yeah, we should. Let's go sequentially. Get it over with. No, is my no, team we'll go, pretty good. We'll go sequentially because I had the first pick. We'll go to Max who had the second pick. Second overall, he took Guardians of the Galaxy, which did very well. That was 359. Also took Across the Spider-Verse, 381. Fast X had 146. Transformers, 157. And then the Meg 2 has 74. But it's still going. It what? Could, it could climb a little bit. <laughs> but I think the Meg 2's got legs. <laughs> it might. So to speak. Might. The Meg's got legs. Meg's got legs. So your total was one billion one hundred and seventeen million. Okay. So uh, I think about double mine. So yeah, two Barbies. Oh, two Barbies. That's yeah. rough. Very, double yours, well. Ryan. Yeah. You, you seriously got the worst. Oh yeah, by a Weren't lot. Were you the first pick too? These I things was. are hard to predict. Not man. that it really mattered because, yeah, it, the way the draft worked, I feel like it didn't really matter who was first. You know. Right. But, yeah, the snake draft was a little weird. That was probably mm. an unnecessary wrinkle that we added. <laughs> But for next year, we'll know. Yeah. Okay. So, right. uh, yeah, but Max, a lot of his movies came out early in the year. I think Guardians, Spider-Verse, Fast X, Transformers, those were all like May. So Max mm-hmm. jumped out to a really healthy lead and right. led most yeah. of the summer. But then Barbenheimer happened and Max, her Ben just pulled away. Right. <laughs> um, even though he took Indiana Jones third overall. Um, Ooh, why'd I do that? Only took 174, which wasn't That's bad. Um, That's not bad. Little Mermaid took 297. Good. Oppenheimer took 300 million. Did uh, I pick Little Mermaid? Yes, this is all your team. Sorry, this is Ben's <laughs> team. 
Indiana Jones, Little Mermaid, Oppenheimer, Barbie, which took 594, and then Insidious, which ended up taking 82. But okay. overall, 1 billion... 400, 400, or 447 wow. million. So won it by about 300 million. Do you think Insidious would have done better in a like closer to Halloween release when like not as many blockbusters are coming out? I don't know. I'm not sure why the, the summer release was used for that, but I mean, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Is that rare for that franchise? I don't know when they typically come out for Insidious. I think the first one came out in like February or something, but oh. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought the same thing about Haunted Mansion, but I don't think anything was going to save that. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm honestly kind of surprised. I know we talked a lot about the Oppenheimer-Barbie matchup, but I feel like Oppenheimer wouldn't have made nearly as much money if it wasn't the same weekend as Barbie. I feel like the Barbenheimer actually yeah. like helped it. Seriously? Really? Because, yeah, I mean, it's the third highest grossing Chris Nolan movie. It made more than Inception. Wow. The only thing that out-earned it was Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. So I don't know. I found that pretty surprising for an R-rated, you know, historical movie to make $300 million over the summer. I feel like it probably normally would have came out in like November and been like pretty quiet. So, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. It was uh, quite the phenomenon. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I don't know if we ever officially decided on what the winner gets. You're going to make us watch something. At least I told a you what it was. Movie. I, know. I told you, you. We already know. What do you mean? Why are you asking me? I'm asking you because you didn't say it on the air yet. Yes, I did, dude. Are you going to make us watch Suits or Patriot? What are we watching? Patriot. Patriot season one? <laughs> yes. All right. And then the fucking joke for the next season can be Have you watched Suits? No. <laughs> you can never I, watch Suits. Then you'll win again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> then I'll win again. I'm just <laughs> slowly <laughs> guessing. Be forced to watch all of Ben's shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Well, I'm yeah. I'm stoked to have a reason to actually watch Patriot now. Yeah, because yeah. you're fucking forced. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Suits is like one of the most watched shows of the summer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it blew up because uh, USA sold the rights to Netflix. It's so good, man. All the characters are super good. There's a lot of things going on with that show, and it's like technically a soap opera, I guess. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't watch it and be like, oh, this is soap opera. Yeah, everyone but, I talk to likes it. Yeah, you can go into it wanting to hate it, but um, Rick Hoffman, dude. <laughs> you won't win. You won't. Like, the characters are so good for, um, and for putting, like, you know, the, the, the type of show that puts out, like, fucking 15, 20 episodes a season. Mm-hmm. You're like, no way they're going to keep it, like, consistently good without, yeah. like, diluting it, but they do. Yeah. You guys noticed all the DVD sections are disappearing out of stores? Like, they're all going away. D- all they have I is like I, the five dollar dumpster the thing. Big bins. <laughs> yeah, those are the worst. Sh- sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you did. You used to see them at the grocery everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely don't anymore. I think Best Buy is still. They still yeah. get some. They still got them out. Were you ever going in peak. there? Back in Best Buy, dude. Like the fucking CD aisle was huge. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Oh man. Anytime I'm at like Myers or Walmart, I usually just pop down the DVD aisle, see what they got. They're gone. Uh-huh. They're like smaller than the magazine section. <laughs> Dude, do you guys wow. remember like those stores had their own, like the Scots in Columbia City back yeah. in the day had this little like, I think it's the pharmacy now, but it used to be you walk into a separate section of Scots. It was like its own little store. Rent videos. Yes. Videos, yes. video games. Like, yeah. that was so fucking cool, dude. Like, yeah. that was like, it had its own little video store. Like, and that was obviously profitable enough to like, make the architecture of a building built around a separate mm-hmm. nook for this one thing. Now, no way. You Do know? you ever get your parents super pissed at you for a late fee that just like sat there for months? Yeah, but family video would always be like, as long as you didn't rent for like 30 days, they'd call and be like, oh, well, we've forgiven your late fee. <laughs> yeah, Like they would straight up call your house. Oh yeah. Leave voicemails and be like hey like this is like 14 days past due blah 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 please bring it in soon like you use this <laughs> it's just so so weird how different it is like that sounds intrusive saying it out loud but that that was normal oh know? no i had a friend who like had a video game over for like a month and like the people were calling claiming he owed like 160 dollars on this <laughs> fucking like triple play baseball game that he already returned but it was like a month late and they're like no you still need to pay these fees 
you're not allowed to rent here anything else. Wow. <laughs> We're going to send you to claims. Oh, gosh. My roommate claims. and I at one point got a Redbox DVD and never returned it. Yeah. And I lost one, one. At one point, they made us uh, buy it or something because we just had it for so long and we never took it back. And I don't know. We weren't checking our email or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at some point it's just, okay, here's the 20 bucks for the DVD to be like, you right. owe me $180 because I lost revenue on this fucking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's wild. The, no, they usually have didn't... multiple of them too. It's not like that was their only fucking DVD. Right. But yeah, I don't, have you guys seen the bonkers thing with uh, Disney and HBO Max now just taking stuff off streaming and it like never got physically released. So it's just disappearing. It's just gone forever. Yeah, I knew that was happening. Yeah, it hasn't happened to anything that's like that has affected me at this point. Right. I know that they were talking about doing that with Westworld. Yeah, I think what? Westworld's oh, gone. Uh, they they took Westworld. Well, off. Yeah, but I think it's going back up on some like lesser streaming service. At What's least at the one point, point they of were taking it off. It's a good question. So they don't have to pay residuals for stuff that isn't bringing in viewers. Westworld didn't bring in viewers. Not enough, apparently. I mean, that's kind of the whole back to the writers actors strike. They don't want to have to pay residuals on any of this stuff. Wow. Which is kind of yeah. the big fight now because a lot of the contracts were drawn around residuals on regular broadcast TV. And now, uh, what was it? That like $105 million Willow series was on Disney Plus for like six months and now it's just gone. Like nobody's mm-hmm. getting paid for that anymore. <laughs> There's some like original movie on Disney Plus. I think it was called Crater, but like the director tweeted out like, "Hey, I dire- I got to direct my first full-length movie for Disney Plus and it was on their platform for 48 days and now no one can watch it." Jesus. Like what so, do you do about that? Yeah, I mean there's not much you can do. That's what sucks. That's why you got to go dive in these $5 DVD dumpsters and <laughs> save your physical media. What Other- DVDs do they have at the store? Like, is it like newer stuff? Is it older stuff that uh, they're just you- trying to get rid of? Shrek, Shrek Two, <laughs> it's all just the Shrek library, really. <laughs> so newer stuff, like cool yeah. stuff, stuff that's still cool. Like kids yeah. are into it. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I mean, usually, what I see, <laughs> like you'll probably see like the fucking uh, a bunch of Adam Sandler movies. I'm sure. Right, they do the thing where they package like eight movies. Like, here, give us ten dollars, and we'll give you nine <laughs> yeah. movies you don't want to watch with one you yep. do. <laughs> what the movie? Goonies will be in there? Yep. I feel like Adam Sandler, besides Uncut Gems, like doesn't make movies that uh, get physical media at this point. He just yeah, he's a Netflix like, guy now. Not Netflix murder, shit. Murder boat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Louise watched one the other night, and she's like, Adam Sandler's in it. Like that doesn't mean it's gonna be good. <laughs> That's usually a red flag, not yeah. <laughs> something to <laughs> anymore. It me. is <laughs> anymore. That sucks. It is. Yeah, it's a bad sign. But yeah, it doesn't seem like this strike is slowing down anytime soon. They keep delaying movies and projects to try and like stretch out all the backlog of stuff they have so that people won't notice. But yeah, it seems like it's gonna be going for a while. Yeah, I think there was some attempt at meeting. Like there were a few companies that came forward and said. We'd like to meet about some stuff, but I don't think it it went well. Yeah, and it seems like they're not willing to budge on any of the AI or streaming stuff. Like that's right. Yeah, I think they were kind of offering like what basically amounts to like concessions, you know, and it was not getting to the the deeper point of the strike. So right, I heard some of these dudes don't want to release their streaming numbers because it's gonna like make their stock price go down. That could be. You yeah, know? part of why they don't want to. Right. So yeah, they have no idea. They're kind of like stuck because if they release the streaming numbers and like give them ammunition, um, it's going to hurt the stock price of the companies. And then the strikers are not in much better position to begin with. They lose either way because right. if they're making a bunch of money and being this ridiculous and saying things like, we want to drive this to the point where people start losing their houses, then we think we can. talk and then you're yeah and then you're actually making a bunch of money and keeping it from people and and saying that or you're not making money and that's just like well okay the industry really is uh fucked (laughs) i don't i couldn't think of another word right yeah it's lose lose well i mean we saw that a little bit last year when netflix's 
evaluation finally dropped it like it was inflated for so long and they've been so coy about their actual numbers like i think that's kind of what this is all stemming back to is there's not really any transparency as to who's watching how much of their content and they just keep banking on well if we just keep adding to it then the value is just going to keep growing and like every studio has amassed a crazy amount of debt trying to keep up with netflix launching their own streaming platforms to the point Mm -hmm. where now like more and more often you keep hearing rumors that Disney's for sale and going under Apple, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think it that's true. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, really? Know. Dude, Disney's fucking huge. I mean, look what they own. Like ESPN, They're, ABC, Fox. Yeah, but that hasn't worked out well for them. I mean, the and parks alone are like billion-dollar industries. For yeah. sure, yeah. But those haven't been doing as well either. Nothing that they own has been doing well. And they did the Fox acquisition, but they haven't put any of that stuff like into use uh, other than the stuff that was like the which Fox the stuff they that buy? keeps running everything but news, I think, basically. OK, right. Yeah. That that makes sense. I yeah. can't yeah. see them buying Fox News. Right. It's kind of a conflict in their brand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know if Disney like the fact that Bob Iger said anything at all about how the company is not doing well is is kind of interesting. Yeah. That usually would not happen, I don't think. That's true. I don't I don't think they're usually open about that kind of stuff. And he, you know, a lot of people like Bob Iger because he does seem a bit different in certain regards. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I can't cite my sources on this one or like, you know, prove my point, but my suspicion is that the stuff is not doing well and not making money and that the whole streaming thing just got huge before it was a proven concept. Um, at least maybe just grew to an unsustainable point, you know, cause obviously like Netflix went from being a small company that rented DVDs through the mail to people to something that an insane number of people were using Right. But then for it to grow from that to a whole industry is like an even bigger leap. It's not one company having like a success, you know, it's like, and they, their games now is so much of this original content and stuff and trying to bring, you know, more and more people in, which isn't a sustainable thing when there's only a certain number of people that are realistically going to subscribe to your service. So it's just a different game now, you know? Yeah. It's weird that they got, everybody to follow this like content streaming model when it's really not proven like there was a long time where netflix and spotify both were operating in the red and the only reason they were kind of staying afloat was a they could boast all the data that they're getting from their users and b they weren't really paying anyone anything they were getting reruns of old shows that nobody was watching or getting stuff from record labels where they weren't paying artists hardly anything per stream Right. So like there's no I don't know. I just don't see how it's going to be sustainable. It seems like they've all just like gotten way over their heads trying to produce yeah. all this content and now they're just stuck. Well, what are they going to do, man? Because they're putting out a lot of the draw was like all the Star Wars shit. Anytime I log on social, it's like, oh, the new like Star Wars shit or the new Marvel series. So if they stop streaming like then they're they go back on a TV channel they and we go TV back to channel. cable. You back to cable, but like you're probably gonna lose those shows too. Like you're, you're not gonna, gonna have that well, type of content. You're not gonna have content the size. Yeah, disappear, which I think is like regardless of what we're using to watch it. I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, it felt like so, we were in an arms race for a while. Like I don't think we're yeah. gonna see the big two hundred million dollar TV show for a while especially after like secret invasion flopped on its face this summer. And like, there's been like the Willow show we just brought up. I don't know anyone that watched that. (laughs) Who's back in this shit. Who's like loaning these companies money and just having the shit bust. I mean, it's probably because these companies have so many other pockets to pull from. Like you said, Disney can take money from parks and all this other shit. Amazon, it's basically just a service (laughs) for your free shipping. Like they don't care how much they spend on this. Apple, I mean, it's really kind of come down to the people like Paramount and Netflix that are just solely depending on content. They're going to struggle first. Yeah, it doesn't really matter to Apple or Amazon if they're not the most... Like, (laughs) Amazon can have a horrible 
billion dollar Lord of the Rings show and still be fine. Yeah, it just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't. It's a different game for them. It's kind of like how Microsoft has never actually made money off making Xbox consoles. Yeah, but they continue to do it. <laughs> right. They I think Amazon <laughs> will probably be in the best spot. Anyone, I feel like they spend a lot less on the shit than anyone, but they have like solid stuff on there. They spend quite a bit. <laughs> Do they? I mean, that Lord of the Rings show is the most expensive show ever made, isn't it? Oh, I don't, I don't even know about yeah. that. But yeah, I also saw that Netflix's uh, philosophy was, well, we don't really want to pay like our actors and writers in our American branch because then the other countries will see how much they're making and want more. So it's like they're just going to find another person to exploit whether it's an actor a writer so an animator like i just saw yeah. uh, i think it's disney's visual effects department just voted to unionize like there's unionization across all industries is apparently at like a 60 year high because there's so many different industries being marginalized yeah yeah it's really bad the entertainment across the board like and it's it's horrible in the video game industry too which is making more money than movies at this point oh so wow it's like yeah, I thought oh, that was yeah. interesting. Was that the oh, New, they, New Yorker article where they said people spend more on video games annually than movies now? Oh, this has been happening since COVID. Yeah. And obviously it was because of COVID because like video games were still coming out. Right. Um, remote work is generally easier in that industry. And so they yeah. were able to work around restrictions and stuff and keep putting stuff out and and people were at home and wanted video games to play and but it has not really slowed down since then so yeah it's that industry is crazy but yeah i mean the, anyways i mean the treatment is not good there and man animators it's like with that new spider-man animated movie yeah i, w- I want to love it because <laughs> that i'm an animation geek and i i love that movie for its animation but I mean, there are stories from there was an article of like 10 or so animators on that film out of like the 200 or however many. Yeah. Uh, but they were not happy at all about how that production went. And it, it did not really make Phil Lord look very good as a project leader. And um, yeah, it's super disappointing because like the the stuff that the opposition was saying to that just it just doesn't seem like they're even close to being on the same page like they're not empathizing with people the people that run these companies and direct the movies and stuff it's like they're just trying to get what they need right out of them. <laughs> well yeah they just treat these people as interchangeable and we just need to extract what we need from them and then they can be on their way they should be happy to be yeah. here <laughs> it's right yeah bullshit but yeah i because i think i read that the one guy said it was like Near the end, they were doing 11-hour days, seven days a week to try and get the movie done on time so they wouldn't have to move yeah. the release schedule. Like, yeah. That's too much. That's insane. Right. And then, yeah, you have them just, like, blatantly trying to repurpose people's image and audio likeness. Sure. Because they can recreate it. And, like, yeah. I don't trust studios that treat actual people like that to use AI morally. Yeah, they'll probably be so mean to the AI that they don't want to do it. <laughs> right. The AI will u- unionize at some point. What do we want to do? TV shows, uh, music, any of these albums you want to dive into? Let's do music. We always save music for okay. last. Yeah, we need to pay music more respect. <laughs> we had, it was a good music month, too. We had a lot of good music. Yeah, dude, I, I was going to say that's another reason that it's We're not going to fucking talk, talk about, about Gran Turismo and Haunted Mansion. <laughs> all right where do you want to start i'll let you pick okay let's just go for it let's do fiddlehead all right that was that was a fun lesson i enjoyed that record quite a bit what'd you think i liked it was that your first fiddlehead record that was the first time really digging in with them like i've heard them here and there yeah yeah i started listening to them more consistently recently because uh one of our friends asked me if i wanted to see them in chicago and nice. so it's like, all right, well, I want to, I want to be able to sing along. That seems like <laughs> a fun thing to do with this band. And uh, yeah, I already want to with these songs. Like, I really enjoy all the singing that Pat Flynn does, and it's really interesting. Just like 
I was into Have Heart as well, especially the last record that they put out. And he has such a specific sound in that band. And yeah. I had I had to double check. I was like, it, th- so this really is Pat Flynn singing in Fiddlehead because it it doesn't sound the Who's same. Who's Pat to Flynn? Me. He was from Have Heart. Oh no shit! He's, yeah, he's the vocalist. I just saw a bunch of those shirts. I never listened to him. Oh, they're great. They're such a great hardcore band. My voice is cracking a lot tonight. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, yeah, it's cool just to see him or hear him do something totally different. Like it's really impressive. And his his lyrical material is still great, which I always felt like was was a big part of the attraction with Half Heart. But you know, this is this band. It's not all about Pat Flynn for me. Like I love their grooves. Everything is kind of still in this same hardcore territory, but they just have like really great drum grooves and some good riffs and stuff that it keeps it interesting. Whereas other hardcore bands that sound like this, I don't, I don't typically stick with them for that long. Um, besides, like the the band that it re- reminds me of the most would be Ambitions. I don't know if you ever listened to them back in the day. They only released a couple things, but <laughs> as soon as I heard uh, Fiddlehead, I was like, oh, cool! Someone heard Ambitions and they were like, why did this band break up? Maybe we should <laughs> do something like this. Uh, not to like, you know discredit their creativity or whatever yeah yeah i thought this was cool what do you think i liked it i think there were portions near the end where i was like okay i'm starting to see the formula a little bit especially especially like on uh queen of limerick where it starts to get a little more repetitive i think that was probably the biggest drawback to me like it didn't it didn't feel like it had the poppiness to to go back and repeat stuff as much as they did sometimes but other than that i get that I think like it's one of those bands where like I like all the ingredients. It just hasn't fully like come together for the recipe that like soothes me the most. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, I love the guitar sound. I love the vocalist. Um, the guitarist is actually from Basement. That's how I came into yeah. him. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize uh, the dude from Half yeah, Heart a, was singing. It's a super group. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, I I thought it was tied. I really liked it. I think it's their best record so far. Awesome. Yeah, it's not like a huge step forward in any way. And usually that's what I'm looking for. But I, for some reason with this band, I, I appreciate their consistency. Yeah. And I appreciate hearing some hardcore that doesn't stretch out too far mm-hmm. and do like electronic beats in their songs and stuff. Or I was just trying to poke fun at turnstile there who i've gotten more into lately so uh, i'm just they, i'm just playing around i actually yeah i've been listening to that band more lately and I, I like them a lot so hell yeah finally <laughs> finally happened ryan disappointed in you i'm sorry whoa <laughs> disappointed <laughs> so what did you think of the new genesis awusu struggler i think there's some great music on the album for sure I know he works with a lot of different producers, but there's some pretty consistent like themes to his sound, which I think is interesting. Like I guess he's just doing a good job of selecting stuff and maybe collaborating on the overall sound, but do you notice how it, he's always doing cool stuff with bass? Like yeah. I feel like <laughs> his bass is awesome. It's great because it's it doesn't just like sit back and do what a lot of people do with bass. Like it can be a melody, it can be a riff, it can be the driving part of the song, like that opening track, that bass arpeggio that yeah. carries through it. Like, <laughs> man. So like right away I was like, oh, here we go. Like this dude <laughs> is back. Like, yeah. This is awesome. And I also noticed the I, I really like the vocal production on this record. I yeah. think it's a big improvement. Like the layering and everything is really cool. I don't think he's changed too much of what he's doing, but yeah, just the way that th- that it was produced, like I was totally into that. The album peaked a little early for me, personally. Yeah. I think it was actually like The Old Man, which is song three, yeah, <laughs> which is an insanely good song. And part of, part of that does speak to like, I do think the first three tracks are like pretty pretty great. Yeah, but I don't know if it's as solid overall for me. I need to keep listening to it, but at this point, it was like a subtle evolution of his debut. 
like doing some similar stuff, the kind of like grimy disco stuff. And then you got some prints thrown in there, like when he gets more R and B and, and I like that. And he does that again on this record, but some of the R and B felt like it didn't fit as well on this record to me. Like it was missing some of the grime Mm -hmm. and he did those songs on his first record, but I feel like they were more cohesive with the rest of the songs that he was doing. So yeah, I think I, I missed some of the, the rawness that I think was on uh, smiling with no teeth. I think that was his debut. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think the reviews that I've read that, people who say this is an improvement over the first one um, are kind of praising the fact that he kind of stays in one pocket and like Mm -hmm. doesn't veer as much as he did in the other one. And -hmm. I think that was kind of what I liked about it. Like this one, (laughs) this one stays a little too much. Kind of like you said, a lot of slower R and B in the latter half, especially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I did like the kind of dark synth embellishments he added to his sound. Like that was a cool little addition but I love it. Yeah, I think the first I'd be fine if it was just the first two tracks. <laughs> like I, Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you, the rest yeah. of it dropped off pretty hard for me. Like huh. I I try to avoid the whole cliche of like sophomore slump or whatever, but yeah, it, that definitely rung through my mind a little bit here. Even though like you said, I like the sound, it was just Yeah, the songs didn't feel as fleshed out or as complete as the other ones. He had a way on his first album of taking something that doesn't seem like it should be catchy and like really getting it stuck in your head. Yeah. (laughs) And that didn't really happen for me so much. The closest thing would be the first track. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of hooks. No, no. But yeah, I still, the old man, I think is a really cool song. There's a great line in that that I was going to write down, but (laughs) I seem to have failed. (laughs) What else? What else Um, did you listen to? I've got uh, Spanish Love Songs and Chris yeah. Farron on my list. Did you listen to either of those? Yeah. What did you think of Spanish Love Songs? I really liked it. I mean, I could kind of hear in the back of my head you saying, oh, God, this is more 80s shit, but... <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I think that's somewhat <laughs> oh, fair. Man. But, yeah. I don't want to be that guy for you. <laughs> I mean... I I think it really fits. I really like that progression of their sound because their old stuff, it kind of just sound like sad boy Menzinger songs. And mm-hmm. like, so to go fully like glam 80s goth synth, like I thought that really paired with his writing style really well. I really like this a mm-hmm. lot. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've listened to it probably like four or five times since Friday when it came out. Like I really, really enjoy this one. This isn't, it's not typically like my favorite style. I mean, kind of like you said, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a very good version of this type of sound. Like I was super impressed by the musicianship and the production. The drummer is is great. Yeah. The drummer is really good in this band. And that definitely shines through. Like they're just, it just feels deeper and more complex than what you typically get. Because I, I can think of bands that sound very similar to this and just aren't cramming as much into the songs and i love when people put a lot of details in their songs yeah uh and they you know they do some unique stuff like there were like some some lo-fi break beats going on at some point uh <laughs> yeah. later in the album i i do think it um it gets better as it goes kind of mm-hmm. and the only th- the only real gripes i have with it are i like the singer I like his voice. I like how like powerful and emotional it can be. But this is like a common criticism for me, but that the melodies felt very similar and yeah. That that took that it ch- kind of cheapened them a little bit for me because some of them I felt were were just very powerful, but then the next song would do something very similar as far as like what notes he's picking for the melody he's singing. And I just need more. I need a bit more variety there. Yeah. And then also maybe having a bit like another mode that they can go into as a band overall. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's like a fair criticism because it's like it's their band. And I'm not (laughs) like I don't think it's a good type of criticism to just be like, well, this would 
be a better way to do it. You know, like I would like it if it was this way. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, cool. I could see that. That's a fair criticism that there's not, there's not a ton of variance to the sound throughout the record. But yeah, I don't know. I was really impressed because I feel like we've heard bands try this like shift from like, I don't know, just pop punk to like gothy power pop, like AFI mm-hmm. or Alkaline Trio both tried that in the yeah. early aughts and... I hated both of those when they tried to shift to that. And I feel like this does it so effortlessly. I'm kind of just impressed. Like, how did you crack the code this well? (laughs) Like, this sounds like solid, like, I don't know, like The Cure or like New Order stuff. Whereas, I don't know. I don't know what Alkaline Trio was doing when they tried to be like goth (laughs) pop in the 2000s. That wasn't great. Uh, Well, I this is my first record that I've heard from this band. So... Mm -hmm. That's kind of coloring some of my perception too. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm glad that I'm glad that you dug the big change that they made. Yeah. It's definitely a big swing. I'm I'm glad it worked. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. And then yeah, I yeah, guess I, Oh, go ahead. I listened No, I listened to Chris Farron as well. Yeah. I mean, you had sent that one track to us recently where we were debating the snare <laughs> hit. Yeah. <laughs> and um I, I like this one a lot too. It took me a second to get into it. Like I think it was it was kind of washing over me a little bit at first, but it, it kind of like pulled me in as it went. Like I started noticing like he's doing like a swing beat here. Like you know <laughs> the some of the rhythmic stuff. It's like you don't hear it too often. Yeah, not anymore at least. And so that was cool. And this one I also feel like kind of gets stronger as it goes along. Like I was really really focused on it by the end of the album. And um, what what really did it, I think, is at one point I just like realized that I really liked the guy's voice. Yeah. And so I stuck with it based on that. I mean, obviously the music is great too, but I found something about his voice really interesting and, and kept listening on that account. So what do you think? I really liked it. I think uh, kind of like Spanish love songs, like the lyrics got me into it at first. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hearing his perception on all these songs, I feel like they're so well written that it almost gives me a better insight to his old stuff. Like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you with a band where like somebody finally like hits their peak identity and it makes like all their retroactive, like older stuff retroactively make more sense. Absolutely. I understand that. Yeah. That's yeah, that, that, that's what this record did for me with Chris Farron. So I was kind of like on awesome. the fence about him. And then, yeah, this this like completely cleared it all up. Like, OK, this is who this guy is. <laughs> this is what he's doing. This is great. Just a, just a misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> so but yeah, Cosmic Leash, that song is so good. But yeah, I don't know what it is about that snare hit like clipping off that just drives me nuts still. Yeah, I um. I thought about it quite a bit and I decided <laughs> that there's kind of like a pretty distinct difference in the production from the verse and the chorus in that song. Yeah. And I think they probably started with that and and said like, oh, but, you know, if it's just this kind of like A to B, it feels a bit tame. I think it right. makes it more organic to be like, all right, let's 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 just like fuck with it a little more. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I feel like he's such like a perfectionist over every line and everything. Like that's not an accident, yeah. but it's just like, no, why? <laughs> why can't you just ring out a little bit longer? <laughs> and then it's the fact that it's just like isolated too. Like if I could just right. camouflage it in the background under a guitar riff, I'd be fine. But the fact that it's just like no. they're supposed to be ringing out. It's nope. very prominent. <laughs> very intentionally cut off Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but yeah i thought you would like that you like when people break the production rules and just do their own thing i know but i don't know i don't know for this one it didn't like like i said it's obviously intentional but it doesn't sound intentional to me like it sounds like a mistake for some reason (laughs) which but like you said i like i like when people don't necessarily follow things to the t as they're supposed to be or whatever yeah. Traditionally, but yeah, I don't know. That one it just sticks it's funny, out to uh, me. Yeah, it irks you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to do any TV? Did you finish Twisted Metal? Yeah. No. no. Did you? <laughs> I did. I'm so embarrassed. Whoa. <laughs> I thought we talked. We did. And yeah. Okay. So you went for it anyways. I felt even though I <laughs> I you felt checked like... in with me. Hang on, I have to say this to the listeners now. Go ahead. Because <laughs> you checked in with me and you were like, 
are you going to watch any more Twisted Metal? I don't think I want to. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not watching past the second episode. <laughs> you seemed relieved. And then here we are. I was because, yeah, I, first off, I didn't want to leave you hanging and like start talking to you about a show like The Idol. And then you watch the whole right. thing. And I'm like, no, fuck. We that. were that hot on bad. the heels. <laughs> we were hot on the heels of The Idol. And yeah, you were trying to be a good friend. I had so, to check yeah. in to make sure you weren't going to suffer alone. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. I knew the show was bad. I knew I didn't like it. And I could just feel myself being used of just, you know, you want to see Sweet Tooth. You know, you want to see that fucking ice cream car drive around. You know, you want to see all these characters, you know. I'm just like, fuck, I do. I know I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate myself for this, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm just a cheap, used piece of trash. (laughs) How many characters besides Sweet Tooth did you know? Because um, that was it for me, and I played Twisted Metal Black. Yeah, but, there was you know. more as the show went on. Like they were slow to introduce characters, which was strange. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it doesn't get better. It's so bad. Did you get to the part where he says a a cheat code out loud while he's driving? He's no. L one R one R two. I don't think so. I can't believe I did. I I blacked out. I can't believe anyone likes this show. I'm so surprised that it's like Peacock's number one original show. And yeah, it's some of the reviewers I listen to seem just like stumped by it. Yeah, and and watching it and not really knowing why they're watching it. (laughs) Yeah, Ben, did you? watch any of this did you (laughs) did you play the games at all at like my cousin's house back in the day but i never had it okay yeah so not like a real strong relationship with it no i just know the uh the fucking van with the ice cream truck van that like killed people right yeah sweet tooth is that sweet tooth okay yeah who was like interesting in this show i mean he's played by i think a a pro wrestler named samoa joe yep and then will arnett does the voice so it's kind of this weird Darth Vader thing, but like yeah. a more intentional Darth Vader where they knew what they were doing. Right. I'm kind of curious about the process of like, was Samoa Joe m- miming to Will Arnett? Uh, was Will Arnett going in after the fact and replacing Samoa Joe's voice? It's, it's, I didn't, I really think it, that's like kind of a cool aspect of the show yeah. is that just that type of shared performance is kind of cool but i mean obviously not enough to <laughs> to get me invested in it no. it just felt like cheap i mean beyond cheap like this isn't low budget this is no budget there's like it was so dated like there's so many porn oh, yeah. and fart jokes like <laughs> oh. this seems like something sean william scott would have done after american pie yeah. like it's <laughs> so bad and I didn't notice any cool car battles, no. which was just like, okay, <laughs> this is Mortal Kombat all over again. Oh, exactly. It's like, why do they need this origin story? Just make it a giant Dude. tournament. Like, that's all you got to do. Right. It doesn't I need know. to be Mad Max. I know. The world building pissed me off so much because it was just like shitty post-apocalypse. Yeah. And it was like, why do we even need that? Just be like super goofy, you know? Yeah. Just try that. Like, oh my gosh. I... All that stuff, all the trappings of it really bothered me, but God bless yeah, like Anthony Mackie, but damn. I know, and I like him, <laughs> and I liked him in it, even though he had to say some awful stuff. Yeah, uh, they just turned him into Dollar Tree Deadpool with all his narration, yeah. just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. I wish that that guy could get just a solid win. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense to me because he's a he's a good actor. Yeah, Stephanie Beatrice too. Like I, I like her. I liked her in what's it called, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. yeah, she's really good. And she doesn't yeah. get like any lines the first two episodes, right? So did she even talk in the episodes you watched? She did not. I heard that she starts <laughs> talking at some point. Yeah, which is again like, what was the thought process there? I like, don't know. oh well, her name's Quiet. Yeah, <laughs> she's from the games. Is she from the games? Do you remember her? I don't think so. None that I could remember or could find. Yeah. Trying to look up afterwards, and then like, oh my gosh, there's no chemistry between those two characters at all. And then it's like, does the classic thing of like every mid two thousands movie? It's like, well, the main female and male character are alone together. They probably should have sex now. It's like, where oh. did this come from? <laughs> Dang, it's yeah. 
And they got that's all those bummer. needle drops and no Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is Twisted Metal. <laughs> like, that's just so dumb that you're going to have fucked up. the thong song was like Sweet Tooth's anthem, but you don't have Rob Zombie. Hmm. Rob Zombie was in the fourth game. I looked that up to try and figure out how many games he was in. He was actually yeah. like a playable character. You could drive the Dragula. <laughs> that's sick. I don't I'm going to rent it. that from <laughs> Gamefly. That's what, what sucks, was... too. I, I, re- I replayed one of the games, too, because I was like, this can't be as bad as I thought. The game doesn't hold up, either. No, <laughs> the driving mechanics not, are so shaky. I'm like, how yeah. did I have patience for this as a 12-year-old? Oh, my gosh. Some of that stuff. Yeah. It's it's ruined. It's all can't bad. Play, can't play Goldeneye anymore, that's for sure. No. Uh, <laughs> so many triangles. <laughs> Everything's made of triangles. <laughs> But I did binge through Righteous Gemstones. That was great. Yeah, right. And um, you liked it? Yeah, I mean... You watched that shit? Yeah, that was great, man. I loved first it. first suggestion? What you, do you mean? I told yep. you to watch Patriot like 10 times. I know, but I actually but respect Max. that's all you suggest. <laughs> I believe it. You got to cast a wide net, dude. <laughs> I also like Danny McBride. Like, I love Eastbound and Down, so I wanted to watch this yeah. show already. I don't know anyone in Patriot besides Red from that 70s show. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is in that. But yeah, Gemstones was good. You ever watch Gemstones, Ben? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. How many seasons in are you? Uh, I think the first two. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they just did the third one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that it? Okay, yeah. I think that yeah. was my favorite season. Really? Yeah. I liked okay, it. I, well, I, didn't, I couldn't tell if you were going to like it or not because you told me like that the the first scene of the show was like, yeah, <laughs> where it peaked for you. Yeah, I love them trying to baptize everybody in the wave pool. That was my favorite. It is funny. It is very funny. <laughs> well, and kind of going back to the Chris Farron thing, like I feel like this shows me so much of Danny McBride's personality. Like it's not just a straight comedy where he's just being funny and making references like Eastbound and Down again. Like it's an actual uh-huh. progression of his writing and doing like the dark, perverted shit that he wants to be doing, but it's also a comedy. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I expected it to be a straight comedy, and it's almost set up like an organized crime family. <laughs> and there's some really interesting, like, just weirdness to the show, to how yeah. it's filmed and scored. And, like, the scenes with... Uh, Super dark. <laughs> Kelvin and, and Keith. Yeah, like they'll yeah. <laughs> They'll often do just, like... It feels like art school stuff at times. Like, yeah. the filmmaking is is really good. Yeah, David Gordon Green and Jody Hill, those guys are both great. Like that whole squad of all three of those guys just make incredible stuff together unless it's mm-hmm. Halloween ends, but I'm glad they rebounded with this pretty quickly. This is also one that we missed on our list of best theme songs. This is like top five for me. What even is the theme song? Just those like two notes? Yeah. They show- yeah. It's fucking brilliant because it sounds so beautiful yeah. because it's it's a, a choir just playing like a major chord and then it's like relative minor yeah with like an organ in the background and, and then it's over and then you get yeah. to watch the show like you're <laughs> never going to skip it you don't need to skip it you you get to listen to that every time and it sounds beautiful the music is spectacular it is misbehaving yeah. payday like they got hit after hit <laughs> Yeah, I thought Steve um, Zahn was a great addition to the cast. He fit oh in really man. well. I was bombed. Oh yeah, I I feel like they underused him. Really, he was so good in White Lotus recently. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess not so recently anymore. That was season one of that show. But right, still like that. I was like, oh man, Steve Zahn's back. I love this guy. He's so funny. Yeah, and I mean, he's just playing more of a like serious role. In yeah, that's season true. three. Yeah, you know, and that's cool too. Like he did a good job at it. I think I just like he's intimidating. He's kind of yeah. a scary guy in it, and I hadn't <laughs> hadn't seen too much of that from him. But it's something different from him. Yeah. 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 Did you think it was kind of a cop out that they let Steve Zahn live at the end? Um, I it didn't bother me. No. Yeah. See, I think that was the one thing that like the only thing that stood out to me in season three is that like. Danny McBride is trying to do this more serious stuff, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of consequences to this world. Like it's just goofy enough that they can get away with not really having continuation or like follow-ups on yeah. dead people. <laughs> and I thought I yeah. thought he should have went down with 
the van just so there was some consequence to everything that happened this season. That might be good. Yeah. That ending still worked for me. I still like that he got his like heroic moment. Yeah, it was um, definitely was like this nice. big feel good moment. I just I don't know. It does. They tend to get into this feel good territory like at the end of their seasons. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Like I always have to take a step back from the show because it's like characters that are shitty on like a level of the characters in succession. Yeah. But it's not played that way. <laughs> right. And and they they want you to root for them at times in a way that like succession really doesn't ask you to root for their characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I always find myself like when the show gets into that feel good territory, I, I'm taking a step back and being like, but <laughs> am I supposed like, to I, like these I people? <laughs> you realize like, but we're still, we're still all on the same page that like, fuck these people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, it kind of teeters that line a little bit where it's like, yeah, do these people have any redeeming qualities or like, should we let them have their big moment in the sun? Right. Empathizing with a character is one thing, but like rooting for them to succeed is different. Yeah. So no. when they're when they're bad people. So. You think they go to the dick well too often? There's a ton of naked dicks in the show. It seems like a little bit of an easy punchline. Yeah, and they always seem to pick like strange looking dicks too, yeah. which is extra. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes it's completely unnecessary, but... Other times I'm like, all right, yeah, that was good. That was a <laughs> yeah. good joke. The fight scene was great this year. It's our second naked fight scene in a comedy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. I find myself, I think, most interested in Edie Patterson, her character, and her relationship with BJ. Oh my god, she just gets the nastiest shit to say in the show. Jody, right? It's ridiculous, yeah, and, and always like gets all the incest jokes. Yeah, like, all the uncomfortable. <laughs> All the uncomfortable daddy stuff. Oh my God, she's so good. She's like straight out of uh, I Think You Should Leave. Like she's just out of a different show. Yeah. But but it works. Um, I also love that they like finally are progressing a little more with uh, Kelvin and Keith as characters. Yeah, they um, kind of hinted around that for a while. And yeah, to that finally... took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, and I always liked it. That, like I was saying, that I think the film language kind of changes a bit to be more suggestive uh, in scenes with them. And I always appreciated that they were even doing stuff like that. And I thought it was really clever, but yeah, it's like they did that for a while. So, yeah, it, it's cool to see some progression with that. Right. It was nice that it was like not super on the nose, I guess, when it finally did come to fruition. They didn't make it it this huge thing. It would just kind of (laughs) like had this big closure moment. And I think it felt really natural and organic. It felt really nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, he is. Yeah, he is going to do it. That's great. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? Um, There was another show. Right. You put it in the show notes. I didn't do it. Oh, did you watch Ahsoka? Is this the one? <laughs> yeah. Is this the good one? This is the one, you guys, I swear. No. <laughs> this this uh, is the Star Wars show. It's the one we've been waiting for. No. <laughs> what are we, two uh, episodes in? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to start strong, dude. Like, what are you doing? And again? they haven't hooked you yet. Oh, God. Not really, man. It, it felt pretty boring to me. Like, that's the word I would use. Even during lightsaber battles, and I like lightsaber battles like quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a good lightsaber battle. That's but I don't know. It it just feels so subdued. And also, like for the record, I'm someone that watched the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Oh yeah. And this might as well be the like next season of that show. Okay. It's bringing back all the characters from that show. There's been like a time jump, but yeah, it's like, it is cool to see those characters in live action. And I know there's like a pretty big sect of the the Star Wars fandom that's like going nuts with that because like for some people, like that's like the best Star Wars. Like that show has pretty insane fandom yeah. and it's coming off of Clone Wars too. There's certain people that just love the animated stuff for the storytelling and the animation. And so now they get to see their, their heroes and live action. So I think that's cool. Um, it doesn't justify the existence of the show for me. It doesn't justify the lack of emotion emoting, I guess, from the characters. <laughs> yeah. Everyone feels so it's like, Oh, 
Dave Filoni really does love the prequels, huh? Because he's just telling these actors to like act like Hayden Christensen. Even Rosario Dawson, who I think is doing a great job in the show. Yeah. It feels like she's doing a great job in spite of whatever they told her to do because she's very subdued. She's not like a fun... Like, what is it, man? I mean, I guess they kind of... The sequel trilogy kind of tried having like the more dynamic more like emotive characters because that's what we got in original star wars was like three (laughs) actors that were just fucking like great together and like yeah didn't have to just be like straight faced and stern all the time you know i'm a jedi i have to be very serious (laughs) yeah Uh, there's some cool stuff about it i think the guy playing the one of the antagonists is pretty interesting. He's just like a huge dude. Like he's probably close to seven feet tall or something, or at least they're shooting him in that way. Okay. And he's just like built like a fucking rugby player or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, cool. Like, and he's not wearing a mask. Kind of nice, you know, <laughs> you like, go. Oh, they're actually trusting someone to like <laughs> be an intimidating actor, like through <laughs> acting, not even cool. face paint. Right. <laughs> There's plenty of face paint. Yeah, don't you worry. They got uh what's her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead all uh painted green in this one. Oh nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's loving it. That's all I got on Ahsoka, yeah. I think. I mean We'll see. I might circle in October when it's done. Yeah. Um, I would say one thing I've been hearing from people who haven't watched Rebels is they don't know what is happening. Yeah, so, I might be. So Rebels takes place after, between the original trilogy and the Disney trilogy. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah so it's, I, it's I probably won't somewhere know what's going after on. <laughs> somewhere after the second Death Star explodes. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I giant. hope that I I'm hoping it's good. You know, I'll I'll probably poke back in at some point. Just not a good first impression. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Do we want to do recommendations? I think we got five minutes left in this Zoom. Is there anything we haven't okay. talked about you want to recommend, Ben? TV or music? Anything. What's your content? Recommend you can do both. music. Music, movies. Neither. Yeah, neither. Come on. Just fucking suits. Fucking suits. The For music, the theme song is suits. Um, yeah. What is, this, what is the suits of music? Ooh. <laughs> Arctic Monkeys. The Strokes. <laughs> the Strokes and the Suits. I need a rationalization on why you think that. Because everybody says it's good, but nobody actually partakes in it. It was just around for a while, so everybody assumes it had to be good to survive. But people are partaking in suits. People it's got are, record-breaking numbers. People are getting it's back into fair... the strokes now. Are they? Oh, yeah. They're the last what great... What did you have they to were... back that up? They're the last great always like rock a... band. Who's that? And that Jack... They were always pretty popular, right? They're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. They were big for a while. Not as big as Suits. Who's a band that <laughs> nobody gave too much of a shit about, but all of a sudden they're huge? You know, that, that's mm. the Suits. Does that happen in music? I was gonna say I don't think that happens anymore. Like, definitely does not. I dude. feel like you have to be cool we like stalk all the time. Child stars until they make something, and then they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you have a lot of the Suits. You have a lot of anti-Suits in music where people love it at first, and then yeah. they fall off real hard. So many anti-Suits. <laughs> Well, Green Day was the suits because they wore suits. Green Day was huge. Suits wasn't playing fucking But Woodstock. they wore suits. They started wearing suits. Talking Heads wore big suits. Yeah. That's, Ooh, that's did they? even more suit. Yeah, they Like did. that Tim Robinson sketch suit when he does the friend thing? <laughs> even it's bigger. Oversized suits? Like three times that size, dude. Oh, my God. They yeah. weren't fucking around. Max, what's your recommendation? Well, I, I want to know what you're going to recommend before <laughs> I do mine. No. Oh man, really? <laughs> I don't I don't have anything. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, hang on. Just give me a sec. I, I'm getting another call. <laughs> another Zoom. call. Yeah. Zoom's okay. going nuts right now. Oh, I got a good one, dude. <laughs> I just thought of it. Shinabubula. I don't know if I'm saying that right. What? But it's uh yeah, I gotta look up the spelling just so that people actually like because I want people to go listen to this. This That's why we do these recommendations, you guys. So <laughs> this, this is, is spelled Shinabubula. This is serious shit here. <laughs> S-H-N-A-B-U-B-U-L-A. 
That's not too bad. One more time. S-H-N-A-B-U-B-U-L-A. Shinabubula or Shinabubula or Shnabulabula. Chambawamba? This guy was like kind of popular in like this is all this is all relative Turkish coffee there was like a risk let the man speak he's got two minutes back <laughs> back in like 2013 chiptune music got really big because people realized that they could make chiptune music and like video game music on their computers because you know all that stuff was like way more powerful than what people were making video game music with back in the day so Shinabubula is kind of in that like disaster piece category of like people that gained some notoriety in that era. I think he's also done some video game compositions. He's like a really insane piano player. Um, like, I don't know how much of the stuff on his record. He's just like inputting, like playing the the MIDI keyboard, but like he's so fast and dexterous and like his music is so frenetic and I don't typically get into stuff like that anymore. I w- like if I had discovered this when I was 16, I would have lost my fucking mind. But <laughs> yeah, people should check it out. It's it's like video game music, but it's jazzy and kind of prog rock. And it's really fast and sporadic. And it's hard to keep up with. You got to listen to it a couple times before you even know what's going on. Remind me of walking through like a old town part of a theme park. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Are you listening to it right now? I did. I tried to turn my mic down. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. I could see that. Oh, but the song's also called Let the Games Begin, right? I I listened to uh, Turkish Coffee. Turkish Coffee? That's the name of the song? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. I got to say, what record is it? It's, um, oh, dang. I mean, they're all cool, but, oh, what is it? (laughs) The Zoom. Dang it. Less than a minute. Damn you, Zoom. What's the cool one? Say the cool thing. I can't. Oh, here it is. Starbound, Rite of Ascension. There it is, Starbound. <laughs> For more, visit internetkillthevideostore.com.